This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Coming up, we have stories about mother-in-laws overstepping, stepsisters becoming bridesmaids, family drama involving a shawl. There's an L at the end of that shawl. Restaurant etiquette, mother-in-laws overstepping again, shitty co-workers, and marriage spats. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. Actually, this one is a follower submission, and it is titled, Am I the Askinaut for Not Allowing Anyone to Post Pics of My Baby Online? This happened to me last year, but I thought I should share. I, 30 female, had an emergency C-section last April 2022 at 30 weeks because I had help. H-E-L-L-P syndrome. My baby and I nearly died if not for the doctors who caught it in time. My baby was very premature, so my husband, 28 male, and I decided to not post any pics of our baby girl till she reaches one year old. I won't go into details, but as her parents, it was important to us to not share pics online yet. We wanted our privacy. But we do send pics privately to our family and friends. After two months, our baby was discharged from NICU. We were so happy, but we were staying with my parents because our house renovations were delayed due to COVID at the time. Man, that was a lot of crap to have going on at once, OP. This was a problem because my husband hates slash loathes slash despises my mom, 56 female with a passion. I can't even be mad at him because his reasons are justified. On the night before her birthday, she pulled me into our bedroom to tell me that she wants my baby as her Facebook profile pic. I had to remind her of our decision, but she said I can't stop her. All right, mother-in-law, you get this. It's actually OP's mother. I said we are her parents and to respect our decision. She said as her birthday present, I need to let her post. I said no. She told me to give her one good reason why not. I said that this was our decision and our privacy. Full stop. But she can send pics privately to her friends and family. She wouldn't listen. Instead, she insulted me as a mom. How can you not be proud of your baby? Why are you ashamed of your baby? I couldn't believe she would say that to me. She used a different tactic. She started crying. Her best way to get what she wants. She screamed and threatened to leave the country. I said, go ahead. She got angry and called my dad, 54 male, into the room and started crying and complaining that I'm depriving her of the right to be a grandmother. She said that I purposely don't want her to post. She made it sound like our decision was solely to make her life a living hell. My dad got mad at her and told her to respect our decision. I'll be damned. She screamed, no and said our decision is stupid. She called me a stupid bitch and said we were ruining her life. My dad and I were used to her tantrums, and most of the time we just let her be, but this was regarding my baby. I was not about to let her get her way, no matter how much she insults me and throws a tantrum. We all know she just wants to post my baby to show off. My mom tends to care more about what her friends say than how her family feels. I left the room and went to tell my husband. From our room, I could hear things being thrown, doors slamming. The typical stuff when my mom doesn't get her way. In the end, my husband told my dad and I to give in. What? I said no. 
She can't always get what she wants. She is too spoiled. But he reasoned that she is going to take it out on me. My mom usually waits till everyone leaves, then starts to treat me like crap mentally and physically. He is also worried my dad will get another heart attack. He had one two years ago from the stress. In the end, my dad told her she can post, but she must block my husband and his family as a condition because he told his side of the family not to post too. My mom gladly blocked them all, which really disappointed me, and posted the pic. No guilt, just happy she got her way. She even wrote a sappy quote about being a happy family. Next day, she acted like she did nothing wrong. When I told her that it was my husband who gave in, she rolled her eyes and said, whatever, I do not need his permission. Am I the ask not from trying to stop her from posting? Wow. This is uh, definitely an NTA here, OP. You had boundaries. You had rules. Those were set in stone. What is most concerning to me here is that this is nothing new. Your mom throws an actual shithead tantrum anytime she doesn't get her way until she gets her way and then acts like everything's fine and normal and she did nothing wrong. The world just goes on, which means she's got another tantrum queued up at any point in time. Your husband here, mad props to him because he could see the writing on the wall and he knew what would happen if you didn't give in. Yes, in a perfect world, you shouldn't have had to. And if you had stuck to your guns here and said no, you would be you would be well within your rights. And that would be that would be fine. But he's right. If she waits until everyone's gone and treats you like shit, not that this is going to stop her, but it removes some fuel from that fire. If that would cause her to treat you like shit more, more severely, more often, whatever it is, your husband at least was looking out for you and probably looking out for your baby as well, because that stressful environment is not good for the bebe. And said, look, if we don't cave here, it's going to make things worse. We're already in hell. Why go to the next level of hell if we don't have to? So uh, I think that was very wise of him, knowing that he has an extreme hatred for your mother. And I can't imagine why. But knowing that he has this extreme hatred made me think that his response was going to be, no, hell no. F her, hell no. But he had enough foresight to be like, where's this decision going to lead? Which is something we like to do here. We like to we like to look at the paths that are that are possible here. And and if you do this, what could happen? What's likely to happen? And he knows her well enough to know what she would do. He did the best thing for you in the Bebe. Props to him. If there is any other option for a place to stay, we can go ahead and put mother-in-law right here. We can make it official. Take a little trip on your favorite rocket ship to and through the sky. Ask on one. No tantrum needed. You know. I'd like to say that I would have had the, the, the wisdom and the restraint that the husband had here, but, but 51% of me is like, go F yourself. Even knowing, you know, what the husband saw and knowing what the, what the right path was. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story. This one is from the Am I the A-Hole subreddit, and it is titled, Am I the Asconaut for Refusing to Be My Stepsister's Bridesmaid After I Found Out That My Stepdad Made Her Ask Me? Blended family drama. I, 25 female, have a stepsister, Victoria, 26, who is marrying her fiancé, Jake, early next year. Victoria and I have never been close, but we're civil. Our relationship took dips when we met our respective partners. We both met them through each other, sort of, and there was a lot of kerfuffle each time. Love that word, by the way, kerfuffle. 
but we've since repaired that. That said, I was surprised when she asked me to be a bridesmaid. I didn't really want to since I live far away and I'm busy in the couple of months leading up to the wedding, but I was so surprised that she asked and thought maybe she didn't have anyone else to ask since she didn't even seem that pleased about it, so I said yes. A few days ago, Victoria, her mother, the other bridesmaids, and I went shopping for the bridesmaid dresses. Victoria was awful to me the whole time. She accused me of choosing dresses to try on to spite her and upstage her. I didn't pick any of the dresses her mother and maid of honor did, and every dress I tried on, she nitpicked my appearance in it and made it the reason she didn't want to pick that dress. When one of the sales assistants brought out a dress, Victoria started crying, saying she didn't want to see me in that dress on her wedding day. I was getting a bit fed up and I was still jet lagged, so I pulled her aside and asked if she'd rather I just not be a bridesmaid. I said I'd be happy to help with planning in any way I could, but I didn't want her worried or this upset about bridesmaid dresses. Victoria then snapped that she needed me as a bridesmaid because her dad, my stepdad, and Jake wanted me to be one, apparently for the optics, since Jake's sister is also a bridesmaid and we're both from families who value the close-knit family image. Her dad is paying for the wedding. Oh. I just said, great, neither of us wanted me to be a bridesmaid, I'm out, and I left. Victoria is now blowing up my phone begging me to be a bridesmaid again. Her dad is furious with the way she treated me and how she told me about him wanting me to be a bridesmaid and is now being, according to her, very tight on the purse for the wedding. Apparently, she feels that the extended family will also judge her for not having me as a bridesmaid. I told her I'm not doing it, partly because she was awful to me out of resentment for something I didn't know about and partly because I never wanted to do it in the first place. Victoria says this is going to stop her having her dream wedding. Am I the astronaut for not wanting to do it? Hell to the no. 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 No, no. And no. If she knew that this would affect the financial ability of her to have her dream wedding, then why was she an asshat to you? Did she think that you were just going to take all the shit that you threw at her and there'd be no repercussions for that at all? If she wanted to keep the peace for the optics, she doesn't give a shit about the optics. It's the family that gives a shit about the optics. That's fine. If she wanted to keep the peace so she could have the money for her dream wedding, then she shouldn't have been a shithead. That's it. That's all there is to it. And she should have known that there would be some kind of effect from her being a shithead to you. You don't need to be there. So why would you put up with it? She doesn't have to be happy about it. She does have to be respectful to you if she wants to have her dream wedding day. Here's the great part. You said, I'm out. And now you're the bad guy for preventing her from having her dream wedding. It wasn't It wasn't her actions, right? It was. It was your reaction to her actions that have now prevented her from having her dream wedding. So here's a question for OP. Would you still go to the wedding? It'd kind of be funny to go and uh, and just be there watching the asymmetrical stage fill out, right? But you know what? She's getting married. She's 26. It's, it's time to start finding out that there are consequences for your actions. Sooner or later, she's going to have to find out. This is when a new chapter of her life is starting, and in that marriage, in life, she's not going to be able to do whatever the hell she wants without consequence. She's just not. So I think this is a great opportunity for her to start learning, and do not give in, OP. Under no circumstances should you give in here. And if anything, I would talk to your stepdad and be like, look, now she's saying that I'm preventing her from having her dream wedding because you're being tighter with the purse strings now because she was a shithead. So I'm the bad guy, and hopefully... Daddy Warbucks is like, oh, purse strings are tighter now. Even tighter. You get married at a steak and shake, darling. Here we go. 
They're open 24 hours. Shoot. If she wants to fix this, then it's on her to fix it. She's not trying to fix it right now. She's trying to guilt you into doing something you didn't want to do in the first place. So, girl. Hey there, it is Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This one is titled, Am I the Askonaut for taking back a shawl my wife made for a bride-to-be after she was uninvited from the wedding? Oof. My wife, Lena, crochets a lot and often gifts it to friends and family. When her second oldest brother got married, she made the bride a shawl to wear over her dress in the evening. The bride loved it, and ever since, Lena has made shawls for everyone in her family getting married. Now Lena's oldest brother, George, is getting married again. Lena doesn't have a relationship with George as he was abusive to her as a child, but if she has to see him, then she is polite but distant with him. She doesn't want to cut off the rest of her family because of George. I work with George, and while we aren't friends, we're friendly at work. Lena encouraged this. When George got moved to my team, I was going to request a transfer, not wanting to expose Lena to George as my team do a lot of get-togethers with our significant others. As it is a family wedding, Lena's mom asked her if she would crochet a shawl for George's fiance, and Lena agreed. It was arranged that once it was finished, I would take it to work to give it to George so that Lena didn't have to see him. Earlier this week, the shawl was completed, and I emailed George at work to let him know that I would bring it in today as the wedding is tomorrow. When I got into work this morning, I gave George the shawl and let him know that Lena and I were looking forward to the wedding. Come lunchtime, Lena called me to let me know that George's fiance had called her and told her that she was no longer invited to the wedding, citing the place they are having the wedding and the reception at is too small for the number that they have coming, so they're having to make cutbacks. However, I was still invited to the wedding. What the? Okay, it just got personal. I was mad at this because they clearly only invited Lena to get a shawl, which to me is just rude. If they had asked Lena outright to make one, she probably would have done it because she loves to crochet. On my way out of work, I noticed George wasn't at his desk, but the shawl was. I was still mad that they had used Lena to get a shawl, and I just shoved it in my work bag. I left a note on his desk telling George, since Lena was no longer invited, the shawl and I would no longer be attending either. On my way home, I told Lena what I had done and asked her if she wanted to go out instead, so as to not waste having a sitter. Lena was upset that I had taken the shawl, as it was causing an uproar in her family group chat where people were calling her petty because I took it back. Lena wants me to give it back. I don't think I should. They don't deserve Lena's kindness. However, at the same time, I don't want Lena to be upset with me over George and a shawl. Am I the astronaut for taking back the shawl? Edit, I have messaged the group chat, letting them know that I took it, and if they should be pissed at anyone, it should be at me. But but I would also do it again because no one gets to be a dick to Lena. No one puts Lena in a corner. Okay, there is an update to this one, but let's let's chat about it for a second. They don't deserve the shawl. They clearly don't deserve the shawl. So, so the initial question here was, am I the astronaut for taking back a shawl my wife made for the bride-to-be after she was uninvited from the wedding? So my initial understanding here was that they just asked her to make a shawl and there was no contingency on her attending the wedding. That was clarified later on that it, it was part of her being asked to attend the wedding. Here's the part that really pisses me off. They only uninvited her. They said that he, her husband, was still invited. That became a personal attack. It did not become a, we don't have room, we have to make some space so you guys, I'm sorry, can't go. It was only Lena. 
her husband can still come. There's no other reason than a personal attack to do some shitty shit like that. And it may have been just a George. This may be a George thing. It doesn't matter. Consequences, right? And the fact that they waited until they had that shawl in hand to pull this shit makes it even worse. And if that was the trigger for the dickery that was going on here, yeah, that's right, dickery, I just made that up. If this was the trigger for the dickery, then take the shawl back. Yeah, I think that's awesome. The only problem that I have with hubby's actions here are that Lena made it and she had a problem with him taking it back. He was doing it for her, and I understand this, and I would have done the same damn thing, but ultimately it's her decision because she made this for them. That's the only problem I have here, is that she wanted him to give it back, and he said no. And I think in this in this instance, you should respect your wife's wishes. What they did was shitty, shitty to the shittiest, shitty degree, and she knows that, and you know that, and they know that. George sounds like real special, classy kind of guy, but at this point, taking it back against your wife's wishes. It just, it's stirring the pot. And now what are you going to do with it? Now you're going to have this thing. You're going to hang on to it. And it's just going to be this memory of this bullshit occasion. So I don't know. I don't know if it's worth taking it and keeping it or not, especially when your wife told you not to. I love you standing up for her. And I love you saying that you and the Shaw will not be attending. What they did singling her out was absolute bullshit. And you stood up for her. And I think that's great. Let's see where the update goes. The biggest thing out of all this that pisses me off is that they singled her out. This is an update for the Am I the Astronaut for taking back a shawl my wife made for a bride-to-be after she was uninvited from the wedding. I have absolutely no idea how to post an update in AITA, so I figured it was best to post it here in case anyone is interested. Everyone will be glad to know that I have not given George back the shawl. I mean, part of the reason I haven't given it back is because he's on his honeymoon. I hope it's rained for the past two weeks. But even if he hasn't, I still wouldn't give it back. Later that evening, Lena apologized for being mad at me. She said that she should have never agreed to make the shawl in the first place and was grateful that I had taken it back. Okay. So he knew his wife well enough to know that she wouldn't oppose this for long or in the long run. Lena and I had a long discussion about her family and how they treat her. I told her that I would always stand up for her when it comes to her family because I will stand strong when she can't. I asked her what she thought about going lower contact. We were already low contact with George, his now wife, and her mom. Lena said that she wanted to go no contact with George, his wife, her mom, and to go low contact with everyone else but her second oldest brother and his wife. We'll call them Michael and Sarah. She said she wanted to do this because of how toxic the group chat had become, which she has now left and has shown me that she has left and deleted the chat. We have both blocked everyone but Michael and Sarah. I'm going to wait a couple of weeks before I broach therapy for Lena again. I just want the dust to settle a bit as I don't want her to feel pushed into anything. The story the wife gave Lena about there not being enough space was bullshit. Michael confirmed that George had told him weeks ago that they were well under numbers for their venue. It was just a shit attempt at a power move. I know some Redditors were concerned about my work life after I took the shawl. I spoke with my manager and told him that Lena had made a shawl for George's wife, but they had given a shit reason for uninviting her to the wedding the day before the wedding, and I took it back. When I told my manager this, he sighed heavily before telling me that he wished I hadn't taken the shawl because George could make things difficult for me, but that he would have done exactly the same thing because George is a nightmare. I told him that I'd like to move to another team because it wasn't good for Lena to have to be around him. He told me to leave it with him and he would see what he could do. I'd have moved when George was first put on my team, but Lena encouraged me not to as she didn't want me to rock the boat with her family. I heard back on Monday that I will be getting moved to another team at the end of the week. Damn, I hope I thought this manager was going to move George. I really did. 
The other team is desperate for someone, so when my manager reached out to other managers to see if anyone had an internal vacancy, this manager bit his arm off. That's an interesting expression. The day of the wedding, Michael called Lena and asked what our plans had been for the day. Michael knew that Lena wasn't invited to the wedding and rightly assumed I wouldn't go if she wasn't welcome. Lena told him that we had planned to go out for dinner and drinks. Michael told her that sounded like a plan and to text him where we were going for dinner. Michael and Sarah had decided to skip the wedding after seeing the meltdown of George, his wife, and their mom in the group chat. Apparently, they continued spouting abuse at Lena even though she had left the group chat. When the family turned on me and our children was when Michael and Sarah decided they weren't going to the wedding at all. They were just going to go to the ceremony after Lena had been uninvited. Wow. They turned on their kids? What? what okay. They messaged George to tell him their flight had been delayed and they wouldn't be able to make it. Their flight wasn't delayed, it was just the excuse they used, and George never responded. Michael had seen George's abuse of Lena firsthand, had tried to protect Lena where he could, but there was only so much he could do as a child himself, and didn't want to be on the receiving end of George's temper either. As an adult, he took the first chance he had to move away from his family while only maintaining contact with Lena. So, we went out with Michael and Sarah, having a much better night than we would have done at the wedding. There were no snide comments, no belittling, nothing. Lena was happy as she got to see Sarah, and that was what she was looking forward to. Lena being happy was all I wanted. It's all I ever want my family to be happy. Both Michael and Sarah's phones did keep going off all night as mother-in-law and George kept messaging them, angry at their non-attendance, especially after Michael posted a picture of the four of us together having drinks on Facebook with a caption about how he was choosing Lena over George going forward because she doesn't use people to get what they want like George did over a crochet shawl. Michael admitted to me later that he did this to anger George because he'd have a meltdown at the reception and then his in-laws could see what an ass he actually is. Ooh, Michael, I like you. I like this guy. I, I, yes, yes. Given the gleeful messages I got from Michael last week after he had heard back from a cousin who attended, George had a complete meltdown. Lena knows about this post, but she's not comfortable with me posting pictures of her work. She considered unraveling the shawl, but she found it difficult to undo all of her hard work, which I understand. It's the very reason I didn't unravel it myself and tell George it was an Ikea shawl. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second to get it. I got it. Well, that and I didn't want to face a mad Lena. After talking with Sarah about what to do with it, Lena has decided that she's going to keep it, but she will dye it. Michael suggested that she wear it to family Christmas. We aren't going to see Lena's family at Christmas, so it won't be happening anyway. Michael and I are at the same level of pettiness as I had previously suggested as some people comment on my original post, that I could wear it to work when George is back. I didn't show Lena many of the comments. She doesn't need to see people calling her a doormat or saying she needs to grow a spine. These people clearly haven't had their spirit completely broken by the people who are meant to love them unconditionally or completely cut out of family events. When George graduated from uni, Lena was left at home. She was eight years old and left home alone all day. Christmas was spent mostly in her bedroom because her grandmother didn't want Lena around as her presence would just upset George. Until she was 14, then she would sneak out and spend it with me and my family. Lena was just left out of everything. Her dad used to work away from home a lot, so he had no idea what was going on. He just assumed Lena liked her own space. Not that she would just stay in her room because she was used to being neglected by her family. Good God, man. These, yes. God. Okay, so... Back to the original question, um, is he the astronaut for taking the shawl back? Hell no. 
Hell no. And and the issue that I had before with going against your wife's wishes. Okay, he knows her well enough to know that she wasn't going to stick to that and that she was just trying to prevent more drama, trying to prevent more harm. But pain creates change, right? And this pot stirring and everybody's reaction was just enough for her to be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done with this. I'm done with all of this. And how horrible to come from a family like that. I know a lot of people have have a dark family history, but to still be neglected and mistreated by your family as an adult through group chat, like choose your tribe. She finally chose her own and, and is limiting the contact to prevent these people from being able to hurt her. Michael's pettiness is top tier. Big fan. Also, OP, really like his ideas as well. And I'm glad that he stood up for her when she couldn't. And they have the kind of relationship where they can do that. And it wasn't him making a decision against her wishes. It was him standing up for her when she couldn't. That's a line that's tough to see. I guess it's unique for every relationship out there. Whenever you're doing something against your spouse's wishes, but you're doing it for them, standing up for them when they can't. And that is important. It was in this case. And it's going to lead to a much better more calm, more enjoyable, more happy life. Well, for OP and his wife and for, for Michael and Sarah, who who ended up choosing to go no contact with them either. So that's great. George can eat glass. George sounds like a shit human being. And Michael, the strategy and the timing of posting this at the right time so that George would lose his shit at the reception and everybody could see his true colors. Perfect. Brilliant. And now they know. Now everybody knows George is an ass. Congratulations, you just got married. George's an ass. Candy Thunder says, this is exactly what I would want you to do for me. Help me grow a backbone. And now I know. I mean, I'd like to think that I would do that anyway. Doing something directly against your wishes, Candy Thunder, would be tough for me, though. If you were like, no, I do not want you to do that. There would either have to be an elongated discussion with the two of us, or I would have to see the long game here and be like, I've, I've got to do this. I've got to do this for you. I've got to do this for us. This is a life changing moment. This is a pivot. We have to do it. But some people need that. And I think your partner, a lot of times it comes down to your partner to take action when you can't. In this case, Lena was going to be upset either way. So it would be either upset with him for sticking up for her uh, or just upset for a longer period of time and more hurt. And I'd rather Candy Thunder be upset with me than allow anyone to hurt her too. That makes perfect sense. You know, I'm fortunate enough to come from a, a good family where everyone... You know, we were we were asses to each other as kids, but but in a very typical sibling kind of way, not like this. To go through an upbringing rough like that and to have it just carry over into adulthood would just be shit. And you can only take so much. Hey there, it is Dusty Thunder again, and I have another Reddit story for you. This one is from the Relationship Advice subreddit, and it is titled, My 33 male girlfriend, 32 female, has one incredibly annoying habit I cannot stand. Note, please keep in mind that this is a story from the United States where tipping culture is still prevalent. Okay, so this is going to sound petty. I promise you, it isn't to me. We've been dating for almost two years, and in almost every way, she is the one for me. I want to get married to her. However, I realize this sounds so petty, but for some reason, this bothers me so much more than it should. She has the absolute worst restaurant etiquette. 
One, she barely tips. We both have good jobs. Money is not a problem for her or I. We kind of take turns paying when eating out. I normally tip 20%, maybe a little more or less, depending on the situation. Over the weekend, she tipped $3 on a $46 bill. Sometimes I've tried to leave cash on the table, but she gets upset, takes it, hands it back to me. We've only had a few fights, and almost every one of them have started like this. She is absolutely convinced that throwing a few dollars is more than enough. She gets all of this from her family. Her parents took us out last Christmas to a very expensive steakhouse. Her dad made an absolute scene and production of tipping $20 on a $500 plus bill because it's the holidays. Okay, so he tipped 20 bucks on a $500 bill and said he was doing it because it was the holidays. Two, she sends almost every dish back. Something is always wrong with whatever she ordered. The hamburger is not done enough or done too much. There's dirt in the lettuce and her salad. The pasta isn't cooked enough. You get the idea. Every time. Three. She expects the waitstaff to be paying attention to her needs instantaneously and doesn't tip to compensate for that extra attention. She's not necessarily verbally abusive towards them, but she keeps making demands. Water or iced tea needs to be constantly refilled. We need more napkins. This fork is dirty, etc. If she's expecting or asking for something and that person isn't right there, she'll start asking me loudly where they are to get some attention. 4. She argues over the bill every time, demanding to speak with the manager to have something taken off or reduced because she wasn't satisfied. It doesn't matter if it's Applebee's or the Capitol Grill. Never pay the full amount. I am 100% sure that this all comes from how her parents act at restaurants. I've seen them do this every time that we've eaten out together. It isn't a money thing either. They're not struggling. It is to the point that I don't like going out to eat because what I know is about to happen. She is completely aware of how tipping is supposed to work, but insists that it is optional and to stop throwing money away. There's no other situations where she has this antisocial behavior except at a restaurant. I cannot get my mind around it. Everywhere else, she is kind, reasonable, sweet, but as soon as she's in a restaurant, she turns into this. How the hell do I convince her that this type of behavior needs to change and is really bothersome and antisocial? I've tried explaining time and time again, and it goes in one ear and out the other. Uh, she has been trained this way, man, for her entire life. And she is how old? She's 32, dude. She's been trained for 32 years that this is how it's done. To expect to be able to change her quickly after 32 years of training is an unreasonable expectation. You've tried. You've explained it. If OP's girlfriend is from a different country where it was the tipping culture thing that she came from. I feel like that would have been explained to us and I feel like that would clear some things up, but that's that's not the case. Let's say for argument's sake here that it's not the case because if it were, I feel like he would have brought it up. This would be a deal breaker for me, man. I gotta tell you, this would be a deal breaker for me. Candy Thunder and I both waited tables, so we we are more empathetic toward servers than someone who hadn't waited tables are. And I know people who have waited tables in the past have, have this kind of viewpoint, but mistreating people because you feel like you're entitled to be able to do that is horseshit. And OP, these are like, there are so many of these that you need to be seeing and, and taking to heart because she's capable of this. Everyone's capable of being a shitty person. She puts her capability to practice and on display every time you're in public at a restaurant. And that's a flipping problem. Why? Because chances are you're gonna go to some restaurants between now and the end of your life. It's unavoidable. At some point, you could try to avoid restaurants for the rest of your life. She's gonna wanna go. She doesn't see a problem with it. How are you gonna convince her not to go to a freaking restaurant for the rest of your life? Take the tipping thing out of the equation and for our international friends here, even just the way that she's treating people. 
just the way that she's treating people is garbage. It's like having this, this entitlement mentality, like I get to treat you like shit because for the next hour you work for me, bitch. That's garbage. And as a server, you can see those people coming from a mile away and there's only one goal, survive. That's it, survive. And then have to make up for that the rest of the night because tips sucked on this table. They have to work harder to make up for that. And in the US, servers are paid less because they're expected to get tipped. Restaurants get away with being able to pay servers less because because they do get tips and they have to report a certain number of them as well. I don't remember what it's like. It's been it's been a long time, but it's an expectation for their job, how they're paid, how they're paid by the restaurant is an assumption that they're going to be tipped. So when you stiff them or tip them less than the 15 percent, unless they did just a shitty job and they were the worst server on the planet, there are times when that makes sense. But just doing this as a practice like they enjoy it, they get their rocks off on treating people like shit. This is a problem, and that would be a deal breaker because not only is she just capable of it, but she lets that beast out. This is a demon. She's got a demon, man, and she lets hers take control. And it says a lot about her family, too. And guess what? If you ended up marrying this girl, you're going to be around her family, probably going to be around them at a restaurant a few times per year for the rest of your life. This is a character flaw that you have to just decide if you're willing to accept or not. You're not going to change her. She's been she's been trained this way for 32 years. If she is capable of change here, it's going to take a long time. You're up against 32 years of training. We think working in food service should be kind of prerequisite before you enter the world as an independent adult. It should be a, become a part of curriculum, waiting tables, or in some capacity, customer service. Because learning how to deal with difficult people like this, and as a server, you learn how to deal with difficult people like this, right? Yes, you can be petty. You can be shitty. You can do this kind of stuff. But killing them with kindness is often the best way to win. You're like, I am not going to let you shake me. I'm not going to reciprocate and stoop down to your level here. I'm I'm going to kill you with kindness. I'm going to offer you the best service you've ever had. And at the end of the night, you're still going to have a problem. That's going to say more about you than it does me. Have fun with that. Not okay with it. It would be a deal breaker for me. This is a personal choice you have to make, OP, but it's not going to change, at least not anytime soon. <laughs> it's so funny in the beginning. It's going to sound petty. I promise you it isn't to me. She is... In almost every way, she is the one for me. This is a pretty big deal, man. It's a pretty big deal. This one thing is a pretty big deal. I know it's different everywhere else in the world, how servers are paid, but the treatment of people, like take, take the tipping out of the equation, the treatment of people, this wouldn't be okay anywhere. This sounds like that rich kid on TikTok that, that's always using his daddy's money and Gary V actually ran into him and told him to stop. He's like, enough. Um, but the rich kid who treats people like shit because he's using daddy's money and he's rich. Uh, this is giving those vibes. The world just see, sees you as a garbage human being. You're not impressing anyone. How's she going to be like when your kid has a ball game? In this case, you've got a family of Ascon ones here. You've got a family of truly terrible people. And 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 Ascon one offense is something that is a deal breaker, man. It is something that's going to rear its ugly head more and more as time goes on. How long did they say they had been together? Do they say almost two years? They've been dating for almost two years, bruh. I can tell you with 99.999 continuum percent certainty, this is going to get worse. She's holding back right now. Almost two years. Bet your ass she's still holding back. She's going to force you to join the party at some point. Now, here's your reassurance, OP. Run.
Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This one is from the Just Know Mother-in-Law subreddit. You know what time it is. It's mother-in-law time. Mother-in-law alert emojis are going to run amok here soon. Title of this story is my fiance's mother stole our new baby's decorations and gifts right off of our front porch. Also, shout out to Krista Museum Girl for finding this story. Thank you very much. And just based on the title, we're going to go ahead and start with some red flags. My fiance's mother is a single mother that is overly attached to my fiance. She seems to think she is entitled to be a part of every aspect of my fiance and I's life and that she must always come first in all situations. For example, she was livid when we got engaged because we did not visit her first after the proposal. She pitched a fit that we had stopped by my parents first to show them the ring. When we did arrive at her house, she was so angry that she ended up throwing a cake at us in her driveway. Oh, hell no. Nah. She threw a cake? I know we can't see it up this close, but my eye is twitching. Crossed a line. Because they didn't go there first to show her the ring? She was like, I'm going to chuck a cake at you. Kristen, you knew. You knew when you read this story. You're like, oh, he's going to get pissed. You had to know. She has made my life a nightmare since we got together, but it became much worse when I got pregnant. She has made numerous attempts to convince my fiance to leave me because she doesn't believe I am pregnant with his baby. Her proof is that I was too fat, so I must be lying about the due date. Wrong with this one, dude. These are just some of the many things she did to hurt and embarrass me. We have limited our contact with her as a result, but she always seems to find a way to weasel back in. Last week, I gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. My area is in full COVID lockdown, so both of our families were not able to come to the hospital and would likely not be able to visit in person for a while. My parents told me they planned to decorate the front of my house to welcome the baby home. My mom said she had ordered a bunch of things from Etsy for the occasion. When I arrived home, I was surprised to see that there were no decorations. I didn't think that much of it and just assumed my family had run out of time. It wasn't like them to forget, but assumed there was a good explanation. My mom called me after I was settled and asked how I liked the decorations and presents. I asked her what she was talking about and told her that there was nothing outside when I got home. My mom proceeded to text me several pictures of my house fully decorated in pink baby gear. I also noticed several wrapped presents on my porch and the picture. They were also missing, along with a large banner, balloon arrangements, and several other decorations. My mother told me one of the presents contained a little sweater knitted by my grandma that I wore as a baby. I had been looking forward to receiving this and passing it on to my daughter. I was extremely confused as we live in a rural area, so porch pirates are not very common. I asked my fiance to check our security camera. Oh shit, I knew it. They had a camera. He pulled up the footage and we were both shocked with what we saw. We saw his mother taking everything down and putting it all in her car. The footage was very clear and you can easily see her license plate in the video. My fiance was livid and immediately called his mother. She tried to deny it, what are you talking about? That was not me. You must be thinking that someone must have stolen my vehicle and drove it to your house and taken those decorations, put them in the car, and then drove my car off a cliff. It was not me. She tried to deny it at first, but soon admitted what she had done. She claimed she was angry that she was not given the opportunity to decorate our house herself. She said my family had insulted her by excluding her. She began to cry about how horrible we are to her. My fiancé was not having it. He said she had one hour to bring everything back to our place or he would call the police. She then laughed and said that she had already thrown everything into a donation bin and told us good luck finding it. I know she's already been there. She's going back. My fiancé has already driven around to several donation bins in the area to check but hasn't found anything yet. 
My fiance and I now agree that she will have no contact with our child in the future. I am beyond done with her, and I just hope this is all over. That's the end of the effing story, y'all. That's that's the end. That, there's no resolution. There's no there's no they found everything. There's no like I that that's that's it. It's just she I'm flabbergasted. Okay. Obviously she's got some issues, right? Obviously she's got she's got some attachment issues with her bay boy moving on with his life to the point where she's acting out horribly. Now to the point where she's actually taking things away from your baby. The spotlight can't be on you all the time, Ma. It can't. It may be like a searchlight from a police helicopter, but not the spotlight. It can't be you all the time. It's not going to be you. And guess what? Pain creates change. You've caused enough to get yourself excommunicado from your bouncing babe too far. I thought the cake was too far, but this is way too damn far. And someone who's capable of doing something as shitty as this does not get to be around your child. Thank you, OP, for drawing that line. It concerns me that it was so casually drawn at the, here at the very end. And you said uh, both both hubby and I agree that she will have no contact with our child in the future. Okay. What I wanted to hear was we're moving. We've taken out a protection order. Uh, we're not giving her the new address. There's no way that she can hunt us down. We have filed a police report. Like This, this needs to be taken 10 steps further because she's going to keep acting out more and more and more and more and more severely. To what end? I don't know. I don't know what she thinks is going to happen here. Like her son is just going to be like, enough. Okay, mom, I'm going to come move back in with you. I'm going to leave my wife and child behind. You get me back. What is she expecting to happen? She just wants the focus to be on her, even if it's negative attention. Mom needs some therapy, like maybe 72 hour hold. I tell you what, when the police go interview her, she's probably going to come clean about where she actually dropped that stuff. And the fact that there were sentimental heirloom things in there that are irreplaceable holds some weight to it. I think, it, I think there's got to be a report filed. Like, there's too much stuff in there that's irreplaceable and valuable that you at least have to have a, a, an insurance claim on. And maybe homeowner's insurance would cover that. I don't know. But they would need a police report to be filed in order to have any kind of claim. I don't think there's any way around filing a claim here. You've got the security footage. You have proof. She's going to get arrested. She needs to be arrested. She needs to experience enough pain to create change in her life. And you're going to have to be as severe as possible to make that happen. She mistreated a cake as well. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. She went straight to ask on one right then. And then she went back. She's on my shit list. She's like, I'm taking that secret to my grave. I ain't telling you where I stashed them gifts. I know there was a grandma knitted sweater in there. You ain't never getting that. I burned it. I was thinking she probably just said she dumped it in a donation bin to get some kind of reaction. But when the police show up, she'll probably come clean if she doesn't want to spend time in jail. Well, she should spend anyway. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder once again with another Reddit story for you. This one is from Am I the Devil, and it is titled, Am I the Astronaut for Telling Coworker That His Wife Isn't That Pretty? Oh, shit. I, 25 female, have been at my workplace for almost two years now and get along well with most of my colleagues. We regularly go out on every other weekend and have activities, which most of our colleagues join into, including my colleague Max, 33 male. Max is a very outgoing guy, extroverted, and has been at my workplace the longest, six years, as the turnover here is quite fast. I get along well with him and would consider him my best friend at work. 
We share banter and have a good laugh and have similar extroverted personalities. Max regularly attends the work activities and is the life of the party and workplace. His wife of 10 years used to come to the activity sometimes before I joined the workplace, but no longer does since having a baby a while back. What really annoys me is how Max always puts his wife on a pedestal. He's always going on about how she is the best cook, has the best looks and figure he has ever seen. A simple conversation between colleagues regarding which celebrity we fancy would be, nah man, no one beats my wife in terms of looks. Who is the best looking in the workplace? Nah, no one here. I've got really high standards. Have you seen my wife? Some of our colleagues have agreed with him, saying that his wife is really gorgeous, but I'm sure they're just humoring him. We are going through each other's videos on TikTok when another coworker commented to Max his wife resembled an anime character. She's slim, long black hair, and Asian. And I joked that she's not that pretty. Pfft. Max got offended and retorted that she didn't need fake eyelashes and fake hair to look passable and that he understood why I needed them. I got angry and told him to piss off. Since then, Max has not been speaking to me and makes passive-aggressive comments. Am I the ass cannot? Um... Yeah, why would you say that? Why, why, why would you? Matt, so Opie didn't doesn't say if she's married or not. Um, but why? This is obviously something that's very important to him. Why would you say that? We're going through each other's videos on TikTok when another coworker commented to Max that his wife resembled an anime character. She's slim, long black hair, and Asian. And I joked that she's not that pretty. And then. Pfft, which was written here. I just didn't, I didn't just do that on my own. Max got offended and retorted that she didn't need fake eyelashes and fake hair to look passable and that he understood why I needed them. Since then, Max has not been speaking to me and makes passive aggressive comments. Am I the ask not? Yes. Why did you attack the one thing that you knew mattered to him the most? And he's your work bestie? Clearly he's proud of her. Maybe he talks about her too much. Maybe that's the case. Maybe I'm guilty of that as well. Like, but it's something that he's proud of. And, and he is also making clear to everyone that he's married, right? He's like, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the party guy, but I'm also happily married. You knew that was important to him. Why, why did you feel the need to take a swing? Which tells me that OP either you want him to stop talking about her. You're annoyed about how he talks about her anyway because you have a thing for him or because you're just sick of hearing it. Either is possible here, but taking the jab is what makes me feel like it's more likely the first. Maybe you have a little bit of a thing for him, huh? And if you do, insulting the thing that matters to him most is probably not the way to gain his favor. It's probably not it. Probably just made some enemies there. And also him swinging back and be like, yeah, uh, she doesn't need all the fake shit that you need. It's like, Whoa. Okay. Y'all ain't work besties anymore. By golly. Uh, Amy C. Yeah. You never talk smack about someone's loved one. Why did you, why would just, why, why, why? If anybody ever did that to me and be like, hey, all right, uh, you're out. We'll function, but there's going to be nothing friendly about it. Didn't need to be a personal attack. Now he, Max answered a personal attack with a personal attack, right? So there is that, but yeah. So it was unwarranted. He likes to talk about her. So freaking what? If he's your work best and you know that this matters to him, why would you attack that thing? Unless it was for personal gain. That's the only thing that makes sense in any of this. So let's look at the scale here and figure out where OP goes. I think we're, we're placing OP on the scale for maybe the first time tonight. Uh, so the Ascon scale is our scale of how big or severe of an asshole someone is in the story. Um, it goes from Ascon one is the worst, four is the least amount of assholes, just in case this is the first time you're seeing it. Four is you could have done it differently. Three is you should have done it differently. Two is you definitely shouldn't have done that. And one is you're a terrible human. So taking the swing here, 
And the question is, am I the astronaut for telling my coworker that his wife isn't that pretty? It's a pretty shitty thing to do. Is it evil or is it just something you definitely shouldn't have done? Candy Thunder here. I, I, I like this response and not just because it's you, Tater, because I like the logic. Candy Thunder here says, ask on two, but you're on your way to a one. Check your jealousy, OP. Makes all the sense of the world. I don't think you're evil yet, but you let your demon show once. Are you going to let it happen again? That's the question. You get to decide. You always get to decide. You get to decide what kind of person you're going to be. You get to decide how you're going to treat people today. You get to decide with this upcoming interaction that you have with someone, how you're going to treat them. You get to decide what you say. You get to make decisions in every instant who you're going to be. And either you intentionally choose or you let your wiring guide you by default. You free float. And sometimes that wiring sends you to places that you don't want to be. And I think in this case, you found yourself in a place that you didn't want to be at by letting that demon show OP. Now you're in a spot where you don't have your work bestie anymore. He's being passive aggressive to you. I wonder why. And now if you want to gain that favor back and be friends with your work bestie again, you're going to have to earn that back. It wasn't an intentional encounter. It slid out, but it was how you truly felt. And that's unfortunate. Okay. So here, this is an occasion where I would be like, all right, candy thunder. Help me understand. Help me understand why women specifically do this. And I'm sure men do this as well. But anytime that there is some kind of undertone that is woman strategy, I have to turn to Candy Thunder and be like, why? What are the possible reasons that she would do this? So, yeah, it may not be that she has anything for Max. It, it's insecurity driven. And hearing hearing someone else be talked up so much whenever she feels like she's not makes her just want to knock them down, too. And I think we said this recently. I find myself saying a lot in the past month, but there are some people in life who rise by lifting others. And then there are some people who like to feel like they're rising by pushing other people down. And OP, at least in this instance, you were someone who needed to feel like you were rising or better than by pushing other people down. Luckily, not for you, but luckily for the world, it's a pretty easy thing to spot and people will just choose to stop being around you like Max has done. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder once again with another Reddit story for you. This one is from the AITA subreddit and it is titled, Am I the astronaut for making my husband either take our son's shit box or the bus because I will not lend him my car? I always love it when people refer to their, their cars as shit box. Our family does not have anything that requires a full-size truck. We don't haul anything, we don't camp, and we don't own a trailer. We have zero reason to own a $100,000 truck other than my husband really wanted it. It was in our budget, and he was adamant that it was what he wanted. We have three kids. Our oldest is 17, our daughter is 15, and our awesome surprise baby is two. Not planned, but a joy to be sure. We never take the baby anywhere in the truck. My husband keeps it pristine. My son has a Jetta that he purchased with help from us and his grandparents. It's a reliable car, but it's not in great shape. I have a Porsche Cayenne that is our family vehicle. The back seat has the usual stains from the baby. That's life. Well, my husband recently got a promotion and he has to go downtown twice a week now. He tried driving his truck, but it won't fit in the parking garage at his office. He had to park a block away at a surface lot where hooligans and ne'er-do-well might harm it. He asked me if he could use my car on the days he goes in to work. I said that would not be a problem. He just had to put the car seat in the truck so I could drive with the baby. Nope. 
He wanted me to drive our son's car and chauffeur the older kids and not touch his truck. I declined his generous offer and told him my car was off limits because I needed it for myself. So now he has to borrow our son's Jetta, aka shitbox, because his only other option is public transportation. He could afford to Uber in, but he doesn't want to do that either. He says I'm being a jerk by not letting him use my car, but I think he's being unreasonable about his truck. The question is, am I the astronaut for making my husband either take our son's shitbox or the bus because i will not lend him my car no nta and and the kicker the kicker was he can't ask to use your car and decline to let you use the truck that's not fair tradesies it's not it's not fair tradesies it's not fair and then be like oh no you you drive the son's car why why wouldn't he drive the son's car because he wants to show off when he arrives to the the parking garage at the office like a whole bunch of people are going to see him who cares if he drives the shit box in who is he trying to impress down there or Park the truck where the ne'er-do-wells dwell. The next conversation that's probably going to happen is, hey, you know what? If you're uncomfortable driving the Jetta, which a Volkswagen Jetta is not a bad vehicle. If it's in rough shape, like aesthetically, who cares? Who is he trying to impress down there? If he is uncomfortable or, you know, the truck doesn't work, then trade the truck in for something that does work. You could get an SUV that checks both boxes. If you're not hauling anything... There's no specific reason for you to have an HD 2500 series truck that could haul a fifth wheel, get something different, get something that would fit in the garage. And you could still have something hella cool, man. And it can be manly and pristine just the way you want it. But if this doesn't fit, you cannot expect your significant other to give up to do the thing that you aren't willing to do. He's expecting her to drive the Jetta when he won't. You don't get to just take things from your family members and and leave them in a lurch and expect them to do the things you're not willing to do. That's the shittiest part here. And, and you know, maybe this is old fashioned of me, but I feel like as a father putting yourself in a leadership position in this family in general, as a leader, asking people to do things that you're not willing to do yourself is shitty. It's a cowardly way to lead personal feeling. That's personal. Every, every vehicle that we put a car seat in, we have that, that thing that goes underneath the car seat. But if he's worried about the stains, like, I mean, also, it's another reason we, we typically go with leather with vehicles because we have kids and we have dogs and we know that we, we need the ability to wipe it all down. So, I mean, it's no matter what happens, you can get it cleaned out, dude. I have a feeling that this is more than just him not wanting the kid to make a mess in the backseat of his truck. This is him not trusting his wife driving his truck. So get something different. I don't tell him this idea, OP, because it's too good of an idea and I don't want I don't want him to be able to do this because he's being a dick right now. But they have these services where you can actually like rent an exotic car for a day. He could drive something really, really cool if he wasn't such an ass bag. That's the biggest problem here is he wants to peacocks. He wants to he wants to be like, oh, you know, when I'm not driving my my badass hundred K truck, I drive the Porsche. You know, it's cool. Where shall we put him? He could have done it differently. He should have done it differently. He definitely shouldn't have done that. Or he's a terrible human. He's a brozo. I don't know if he's a terrible human yet. Um, but for the expectation of expecting your wife to do something that you aren't willing to do yourself, I'm going to go ahead and put him at two. I don't think he's evil yet. I think he's an idiot. This kind of behavior carried over to different parts of life and consistently could make him a one. For this isolated incident, we got all the way up to two. Don't tell him about the exotic car service. I've never used it. Um, I'm not that cool, but I know it exists. We actually have one here in town. I drive by it every day. It's on my way to work.
Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content. And if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.